Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. It is uh, September 10th, and uh, this is Neuroscience Coaching and Consciousness with Anne Betts, and uh, I am Ursula Pottinger, and we welcome uh, our callers, our listeners, for another um, half hour or so on the link between uh, neuroscience, coaching, and consciousness and effectiveness. Hello, Anne. Good morning. Hello, Ursula. It's great to be. We were just saying we we missed a month here, so it's really great to be back doing this and talking to our to our folks out there in Radio Land, as they say. Hi, everyone <laughs> in Radio Land. Yes, all our coaches who might know us and uh, who might have uh, met us, and all those. Uh, uh, folks that are interested in neuroscience and uh, I as yet unknown to us in person. So, um, so welcome. So, um, I, I, you know, I have been always um, very, very um, excited and uh, interested about the linkage between neuroscience and coaching, and I was sort of uh, really like almost flabbergasted um, about that which I have always done and didn't know how it impacted the brain mm. of my clients. Mm. So we want to talk a, a little bit about um, what are we already doing as coaches that actually helps our clients um, rewire their brain and make changes in their lives um, sort of from the neuroscience perspective. I think that's such a great question, and and you know, and then there's you know this really interesting uh, question that goes along with it, which is, and what is what on earth does that have to do with consciousness? And you know, what do we even what do we even think is consciousness? And sort of this all you know, it really brings up a lot of a lot of different questions. Yes, it does, and and you know, again, um, it, it's just I I think it's just wonderful to know that there is not only a linkage between what we do as coaches that impacts um, the rewiring of the brain of our clients and ourselves, but that actually also has an impact on their consciousness. So, where do you want to go first? Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about consciousness first, and what I, I kind is of, it, and how yeah, do I, we hold I, it? I think so. I mean, we we use. I think that's a really, really good place to start because I I don't want it to be just sort of an assumption that we're all um, on the same page about what is what is consciousness yeah. and 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 then you and I throw around another word in there, which is effectiveness and sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first question that I would have, if I were not me, would be, wait, stop, you two. What the heck, you know, you talk about effectiveness, you talk about consciousness, would you make up your minds? You know, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> so, Ursula, tell us, <laughs> that's what I'd say. <laughs> like, stop it. You know, what is all these, what is all these different, different, different labels? So, let me throw that back to you. Why do we, um, why do we use, the, use consciousness and effectiveness interchangeably? Uh, great, and, and I'm glad that you have stopped the avalanche of words and uh, <laughs> help us be clear. For the sake of those that, that aren't quite, uh, you know, familiar with with, with our verbiage and language, um, here is how I see it in my own life and in the life of my clients. 
um, the more aware we become, the more we um, energetically align ourselves with um, this, you know, I throw in another word here just to make it even more confusing. Um, oh, please. Align ourselves energetically with, with the universe and, and other people from a very um, affirmative and life-affirming perspective, the more effective we become. So I want to give you an example. Oh, beautiful. So if I am, you know, I'm I'm sort of like, I'm in, one, I'm in Washington, D.C. right now, and I'm, you know, flying home tonight, and then tomorrow I head to Germany. And so I've got like, you know, three hours to unpack, pack, and, you know, do all this little, all this stuff, and then get on a plane. So from a, an effectiveness and consciousness perspective, if I look at that um, challenge from fear, I can really feel myself shutting down and getting stuck. It's like, what about this? And what about this? And worry about this? And worry about this? And I can feel my energy really slowing down and all the internal mind talk stops happening. Right. And, and you know, and I... I I I can feel the scatteredness when we come from fear. Um, I can. This is a, such a really great example um, that energy gets sort of scattered and dissipated in fear. Yes, it does, and it it it's 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 an energy drain because we we put our energy there because that is where it goes. That's where our body goes. That's where our mind goes. That's where our thought goes. And so we so we put energy there, and it, it it's, it's an energy drain because from fear I cannot make any rational, effective decisions, and we can come back to the brain and why this is so in a minute. Yeah, I, so I think I that, would at, be, that would be great. So when I look at this whole challenge now from let's say courage or engagement, and I say, well, you know, it is what it is and I know how to do this, and I know how to back, and it doesn't have to be perfect, and if I take dirty laundry with me, I'll just wash it on the road, and it's not <laughs> a big deal, etc., etc. I can feel my energy be lighter and yeah. more open, and I yeah. get less stuck, and so I see the whole world differently, and it feels differently. Yeah, you know, and what I'm, what I'm, Here's what I'm struck by. It's sort of all of the all the place that we either can go to drama and story or we can go toward getting things done. And you know, and anybody who knows us knows you and I are not about, you know, like let's get it all done and it's all about move move move. I don't mean it like that, but you know, your make your story is really making me reflect on that I very unexpectedly had to move. As you know, I was yes. not, did not plan yes. for this and and you know, our schedules these days, you and me, you know, we're booked about a year out. It's just crazy. I never thought I would be that kind of person who's booked a year out. And so <laughs> But here we are, you know, like I don't have free weekends to just like randomly find a new place to live and move, right? Yeah. Um, yes. And what I what I noticed was how how understanding how both the work that I've done on my own brain, and we'll talk about that again in a minute, and understanding that I have some choice about what level of consciousness therefore effectiveness, I am going to address my move at. Here's what's amazing. When you let go of the story, I, I, I think we have no flippin' idea how much we can accomplish 
So when we, when we let go of the drain of the scattered energy of the story and the drama, so, you know, instead of putting my energy or you, like putting your energy to woe is me, poor me, I have to do all of this and da-da-da-da-da, you know, same thing for me, you know, I wanted to go there. It was really unfair that I had to move, but instead said, hold on, where do I want to be about this? We, in our language, above the line, um, which is literally in a different place in the brain, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was able to find a place to live. And, and what I'm looking at is is, a, is I have to you know meet you. We have to, I have to fly out on Thursday. Um, and what I'm looking at, and I don't, I, I'm, I'm a, at risk of saying I don't mean this to sound like bragging at all, but I'm looking, I'm completely unpacked and I'm completely organized and I had no time to do it. So we yeah. hear about people like Einstein, and we hear about people like Leonardo da Vinci, and we hear about people like Nikola Tesla, who, sorry, all men, you know, Marie Curie, people like that. (laughs) Good catch. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. Um, Who, and I'm sure there's some amazing people of color that I've forgotten as well. Sorry, gang. Um, But uh, George Washington Carver, we'll throw him in, who accomplished, like, we we think they're extraordinary. We think they're superhuman. What I think is that they just lived very above the line and lived in a place where their brains were integrated and managed in a way that they didn't dissipate their energy. Because when I'm not dissipated, it's astonishing what I can do and not be, you know, not be worn out by it. Yeah, and uh, what I love about what you're saying is, and and this is certainly true for me, and I can see this also um, in my clients, and I think think this is why, uh, you know, saboteur um, internal, negative internal mind talk work is so important. I, I can literally feel that my my brain wants to talk in a certain way and I have to literally talk my brain out of what it wants to say. (laughs) (laughs) No brain, we are not going there right now. (laughs) That's just not helpful, okay? (laughs) Come along, little brain. (laughs) Let's stop that, okay, up there. Well, and so this really leads us to effectiveness and brain and coaching. And because what I think is what happens, and then we'll talk about kind of what we naturally do in coaching. Oh, my gosh, there's just so much to talk about. Um, but I think what happens with with coaching and with more awareness is that we are able to have that conversation with our brain. We're able to say, hold on, <laughs> in, Ursula's, in Ursula's words, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Do we want to go yep. there or not? Um, mm-hmm. What we're actually doing is using the higher brain, the prefrontal cortex, to talk to the limbic system or the le- or the lower brain, the less mm-hmm. the the reactive place, the place that is really just you know the part of our brain that's just trying to keep us safe, but is more interested in fight or flight than it is in getting all the boxes unpacked or you know getting ready to leave for Germany. <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and we'll talk uh, um, in a minute about the chemicals that um, are being um, activated and released into the body, both from the fear place or from the above-the-line courageous engaged place. Because I, I, I really, I realize that once I knew what those were, 
I could actually feel them more, and therefore I oh could. Oh, my gosh. It's almost like flipping this, not necessarily flipping the switch, because that's, that would be almost too easy, but it's certainly a dial. It's sort of like a dimmer switch where I can turn the switch and I can feel how my body is starting to adjust even the sort of chemical flow. Isn't that fascinating? I I think it is fascinating, and I think that that we really are self-regulating our 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 literal chemicals. And this is this is the really it's such an aha I think for us um, a few years ago when we really got into the the brain stuff. The, the big aha for me was um, this is not volitional. This is what I mean by that is being in a lower state of consciousness, being freaked out, being, you know, like, oh my God, oh my God, how am I going to get packed? Oh my God, oh my God, you know, oh my God, my landlord just kicked me out where, you know, how am I going to find a new place yes. to live? Oh my yep. God, oh my God. That we have tended to, um, in society a bit, kind of label people who go there or label ourselves, I would say, oh, you know, oh, I'm such a bad person, I get so freaked out, or, you know, how come I can't be more calm, all of that, without really recognizing that, of course you can't, because the chemicals in your body are making you not calm. So what you need to do is be aware and manage your own chemical state rather than beating yourself up for the fact that you're having a chemical state. Does that make sense, Ursula, what I'm saying? Oh, totally. It it does. We have so much judgment uh, around uh, reaction, anger, sadness even. I mean, I I think we, you know, we have a lot of judgment about all emotions, you know, whether we cry for joy or we cry because we're sad. You know, there is a lot of that going on. Uh, You know, we we are supposed to be these zen-like people walking around in the world while we're being assaulted, you know, (laughs) by images and incidents and and, and all that that really does does activate the amygdala and does give us this reaction. So there is a lot of judgment around that. And we I think I never understood that it wasn't just my thoughts, but that there was actually yeah. something in my body that took me there. I didn't yeah, know that. So- yeah, that that it's and and that we can that we can we're not we don't have to be just victims to that. That's not the thing. Oh, it's just the chemicals in my body. We're nothing but a chemical soup. But you know, for me, such a big aha was realizing that you know when I have a reaction about something or someone, I'm not very reliable. So I think mm-hmm. about when I was going through a divorce a few years ago, and um, it it. It, it's fine now, but I think like many people, it wasn't the easiest thing. And my, my ex-husband wasn't, he didn't want the divorce. And so, you know, he was processing his own stuff around that. And, and you know, rightly so, sometimes he was reactive and sometimes I was reactive. And he would send me emails. He was a, a lawyer, and so he's really good at being reactive in a particularly nasty way because they train you that in lawyer school. You know, that's how you get ahead as a lawyer. Um, and, you know, and I don't really blame him for it because it's just the re- reactive quality. But but what I would notice is um, uh, he would send me an email that was sarcastic because was, he was very good at that. And so I'd get this sarcastic email, and, and I could immediately feel, and I know our listeners will um, relate to this, I could immediately feel what I have dubbed the whoosh. 
Um, yes. <laughs> I like the whoosh. The technical per- <laughs> term for this is the whoosh. There's a, actually an art. There's a. There's a, if people are interested in this. There is on my blog, which is yourcoachingbrain.wordpress.com. You can Google if you can go in there and you can search for the whoosh. And there's an article about the whoosh. And the whoosh is that moment where you have been taken over by your amygdala. Um, Daniel Goleman calls it an amygdala hijack. And the whoosh is you being you being flushed with um, largely the chemicals of adrenaline and cortisol. And it just, it, and we'll talk a little bit about what this does to the brain, but it's that feeling of, of, of like uh, being a little out of your body, being immediately pissed off without even, it's not like you're thinking. It's not like you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't like this email. I'm going to get pissed at Robert, my ex. No, you're just pissed, right? I'm just pissed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, gosh, an email does this all the time to people. Or, you know, oh, my gosh, I was trying to deal with Comcast the other night, and I wasn't thinking, oh, oh Comcast, <laughs> this cable company here, is not being very rational or helpful. I'm going to be pissed at them. No, I just found myself getting increasingly more pissed because it's not my brain, the in the higher sense of the word, the rational brain, the uh, the online brain I would call that's doing it. It's the emotional threat seeking limbic system that is saying it's like a red light near 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 threat 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 release chemicals mm-hmm. that are related to threat. And well, and, one, and, and you know, go, no, go ahead, go ahead. I've been talking too much. Yeah, in in you know in in uh, I was wanting to say you know a couple of hundred years ago, a couple of thousand years ago, we needed that because you know you the the amygdala, amygdala who is scanning for threats. It needs to send these chemicals into, for example, the extremities, into the feet, into the hands, so that you can run, that you can run and fight. There, there can't be this gap of thinking, oh, should I fight the tiger or should I run or what should I do? Because by then it's too late, right? <laughs> right. We like we like to say it's an evolutionary process, and if Ursula is pondering whether or not to fight the tiger or run, and I have had these chemicals boosting, you know, boosting the action in my feet and hands, I've already run away most likely because I don't like fighting tigers. Ursula has gotten eaten. Therefore, my genes have passed on and hers is not. <laughs> yeah, she's bit the dust. So, um, so so, you know, it just happens that, that way. Well, one of the things that I realized and really saw this, as I said, going through the divorce was um, it was so helpful to me. To, to The one thing that I could be aware of in that moment as I'm just in this whoosh was, oh, my goodness, anything I say or do right now is not going to be helpful or productive. Mm-hmm. All I want to do is lash out. All I want to do, because that's the brain state that I'm in, all I want to do is lash out. Therefore, what I need to do is not do anything. There's mm-hmm. nothing, and this is what, it, like, if you guys, if, if you're listening, whoever's listening today, if you take one thing from this, which you may already know, many people do, this isn't necessarily brand new, but it's that we're not reliable. We're chemically unreliable in that state. We're on drugs. And they're, they're drugs mm-hmm. that are designed to do one thing, make us either fight or run away. Mm-hmm. So it's not a it's not an effective state. 
Exactly. And yes. therefore what we need to do is get a different chemical cocktail going in our brain, which often will just have simply, which will happen just simply from waiting and letting the chemicals. I mean, that's what happened with my ex-husband is I would just wait. I would just write a nasty email back and I'd put it in the drafts folder. Um, of my of my email, and I'd write you know three more and put them in the drafts folder, and then I'd just wait until I felt like I could actually send something that. And often then it was the very, it was often the very simplest thing, and all of the justification and all of the blame, um, I over time just faded away because I knew even though I was right, what I yeah. started seeing is there's a choice between being right and being effective. Yeah, <laughs> and they often don't go together. <laughs> you right. can be right, or you right. can be effective. Exactly. Because Which one are you going right to choose? Might might not seem right to the other person. You know, I mean, it's 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 outlook perspective, and and whoever receives what we think is right, they might not they might not agree. So I'm curious. Right. So yeah. from a coaching perspective, so if you have a client that says, for example, you know, I found myself in this whoosh. Um, oh, you know, and every human. You, I want to say every human being in the world, this is what I love about this stuff, is that this is not culturally specific. We no. have different things that whoosh us in different cultures, but everybody goes to the whoosh if you're a human being, unless you're born without an amygdala or lost it, which does happen on rare occasions. Everybody <laughs> goes to the whoosh. Yeah, we would recognize those people. Um, yeah. So from the, you know, for this being you know, coaching and neuroscience, so if you have a client, for example, who says, you know, my goodness, I found myself in this whoosh again because, you know, X, Y, and Z fill in the blank. Like, what is a good, what is a good coaching strategy to to work with a client like that to change from the whoosh to something that's more effective? Well, here is what I think is so cool, and I think what we found in in what we you know and what we teach in our programs, Ursula, and, you know, what we found early on, there's there's sort of a, um, you know, uh, in in what we teach, co- the advanced coaching series on, on coaching and neuroscience, we do bring in a ton of new tools. But there's also a lot of affirmation because here is the thing. Here's what happens in the brain. I go to the whoosh. Either I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to pack for Germany or, I, or um, oh, my goodness, I have to move or, oh, my goodness, here's a nasty email or, or any of that, mm-hmm. I go to the whoosh, um, what's happening is that my limbic system and my amygdala has taken over. So it's a lower brain. It's, a, it's, it's the first to develop evolutionarily. It's also developed early in our, in our own human development. And so that brain, which is only, bless its little brain heart, it's only trying to keep us safe. It's not bad. Yes. You, you want to have this because, you know, even we talked about saber-toothed tigers. Well, you know, there are dangerous things. If I'm driving on the road uh, this happens to me, and you know, a car almost cuts into my lane. I'll get a little whoosh, but you yes. know, it's keep, it's making me sharper and more focused and more reactive in that sense. Now I don't want to stay there. At any rate, or you know, your child runs out in traffic, you want to be able to grab them really quickly. So there's there's instances where we really need this. Yes. Okay. So so the lower brain um, it takes over, and it's only going to do fight or flight or freeze. So yes. what? happens in coaching is anything, anything that gets our higher brain, the prefrontal cortex, 
engaged. And the prefrontal cortex is the last of our brains to develop as human beings evolutionarily. It's also the last to develop as we grow up, which is why, you know, teenagers often don't make such great decisions because their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until mid-20s, earlier for girls than boys. But so um, anything that gets that part of our brain online will then have a positive chemical response. So if the prefrontal cortex gets engaged, and I'll talk about how we do that in coaching just without without even knowing it. Um, when the prefrontal cortex gets engaged, what happens is it releases a chemical called GABA. And uh-huh. GABA is, um, Dan Siegel, who's one of our heroes, he, he calls it Pepto-Bismol for the brain. It coats, I love it soothes, that. it protects. That so, yeah, for that's those such of, a great visual. If, if you're not from a place in the world where they have Pepto-Bismol, Pepto-Bismol is a stomach coating, and in the, the ads, it's pink. The ads would always show this like pink goo dripping down over the stomach, and it would say it coats, it soothes, it protects. It's what you take for an upset stomach. Well, GABA is a, in, it's an, it's an, it's an inhibitory, it's an inhib, it inhibits uh, neurotransmitters. So it's an inhibitory neurotransmitter. And so what it's doing is it's saying, GABA is saying to the adrenaline and cortisol, it's okay, calm down. Now, things that release GABA are things like, you know, you've got a client who's really stressed out about an upcoming presentation or having to lay someone off, helping them take a new perspective. Well, you can't take a new perspective without engaging your prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. So, well, I yeah, think that the, the even um, just even talking about it and being present to it, not getting, getting lost in it. So this is, I think, another great distinction um, that we can bring in here that is really helpful uh, in coaching. We help our clients be present to it, whatever it might be that has, you know, the amygdala, uh, you know, be activated, but we 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 help them be present to it, but not be lost in it. We don't exactly. Uh, we don't have. We don't the, ramp it up. We just have them right. be there. And that's what the difference between coaching and friendship often is. That if you know if you're, um, you know if you're upset about a presentation or. Um, you know, had a client who's facing some layoffs at her organization, you know, a friend will just help, go, oh, my gosh, that's terrible, and oh, I can't believe that. And then, you know, what's happening is you're sort of replaying it, and the replaying mm-hmm. of it will just release more adrenaline and cortisol. But a coach saying, how do you feel about that? Notice yes. how you feel about that um, and give you a chance to just talk about it without adding fuel to the fire will also release GABA. Asking a client what values are being stepped yeah. on, that mm-hmm. will release GABA because you have to, it's any time, it's really anything for those of you who are coaches, anything that makes your clients sort of stop in their tracks a little bit and get off their, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the, the amygdala is just sort of going on autopilot and saying the, you know, saying the, the stuff it always says, Right. Oh, yeah, my God, yeah. I can't believe it. And, oh, my God, and he sent me that email again, blah, 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 blah. When, you yeah. know, if I'm talking to Ursula, she's my coach, I'm saying, oh, my God, and my ex-husband, you're not going to believe what he did now. And in this email, blah, 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 and she says what values are being violated. Mm-hmm. I have to stop. 
and I have to say, and what what usually your client will say in that case is, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, there, there is that moment of silence or longer right. moments of silence, and it's like, hmm, I never thought about that. <laughs> or the, 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 they'll say, I never, th- it's really fascinating, they'll say, I never thought about that, or they'll say, oh, I have to think about that. Now, yeah. sometimes what they'll do is they'll pop out again. They'll say, well, you know, He's he's it's it's my value of honest you know it's my value of integrity he's accusing me of not having integrity and then the ramping up will start again mm, so yeah. the challenge of the coach and this is where the coaching skill of taking charge is often really really important to keep them focused on the um, in the higher brain and you're literally you're like you're calling them back to the higher brain. It, rather than letting the lower brain take over. Now, here is here's where this relates to effectiveness. So you're you're creating a neural pathway there. You're saying when I'm upset, I have an option, which is to go low or go high. You haven't even said yeah. this to your client. You've just asked a question. But what you've done is you've you've like created a ladder going up from below. You've created this little ladder, yeah. and um, or a pathway. And the more times they walk the pathway the deeper it gets and the more able they are to walk it when they're not around you. And so what you'll yeah. find over time with clients is they be, they've just simply become less reactive because you've trained them in this and practiced it with them. Therefore, they have more, they're more effective. Therefore, their consciousness has increased. Yes. That's that's wonderful. They, you know, and again, um, it's what I'm struck by. What you're saying is, it's not metaphorical. It is actually literal. Uh, yeah. That the the neural pathway of a new thought of a new behavior gets strengthened and more deeply grooved, so to speak. The more the same thought, the more the same habit uh, occurs. And so sooner or later, this this what is this habit, what is new, is not new anymore, and it becomes something that is is more ingrained and becomes more of a habit rather than you know I have to think about it and and use a tool, and that really happens in the brain, the wiring in the brain. The more we use one pathway, the more it gets what we call myelinated, and and right, the, and the, the stronger it gets. Yeah, we'll talk about myelination here because it's one of our favorite topics, but I think this is also really pointing to why homework is so important in coaching. Why, you yes. know, the one of the lines that gets used in coaching is, you know, most of the coaching takes place off the call because you're uh-huh. just pointing out, here's this alternate pathway in the forest. You could walk that way instead. Or you're maybe not even uh-huh. pointing it out. But ideally, the client has found this themselves. Oh, I could walk this way. Oh, this feels better. Let me try this. Instead of reacting, I'm going to try, you know, putting putting email in a drafts folder is is a it sounds really simple, even simplistic. It can be life-changing for people. Yeah. Or the metaphor or that equivalent. But they need to do it, not just think about it on the call. Um so here's what happens in the brain. Let's talk a little bit about neuroplasticity. Mhm. Yes. Good. Um, yep. We we like we like to say that you can you know you can raise your rates by you know twenty five to fifty percent by just learning the word neuroplasticity. Uh, <laughs> this is our this is our corporate it's our or, corporate or, coaching or, program. Or you can 
Or you can show GABA and myelination in there. And GABA and myelination, and then you know, your rates can go through the roof. This is our corporate co- – you know, there's people out there that – that have these amazing, you know, complicated corporate coaching programs. Our corporate coaching program is just a glossary that we teach you. And then you go into into your next client pitch and you say, we're going to practice um, self-directed neuroplasticity and get your clients to myelinate new neural pathways. And everybody looks at you and their eyes get really big and they, you know, whatever you want to charge them is fine. So just please, you know, send us a commission for that. There's there's your corporate coaching. That's so funny. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it is, and it's absolutely true. So let's talk a little bit about that. So neuroplasticity is the, and many people are familiar with this, and so we don't mean to, you know, state the obvious or talk down to anybody, but just in case you're not, it's the um, ability of the brain to make um, neural changes. And it's what it's our favorite thing, isn't it? I mean, everything's our favorite thing, but this really is one of our favorite things, right, Ursula? Yes, it is. It is. It's this whole thing, this whole myth-busting scenario of you can't teach an old dog new tricks and knowing it's not true. You can. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, (laughs) they used to really, really say, you know, once your brain reaches a certain state of development, that's it. You know, forget it. You're, You're stuck. But they're finding extraordinary, the brain has extraordinary capacity to change. We, we just haven't really known how. So this is something we, we teach in our classes is what are, what are the, you know, how do you really work with neuroplasticity in an, in an effective way with clients? But the, you know, kind of the, there are, there, are some, there are some keys to it that we talk about. We won't go into those now. But basically, the saying that neuroscientists use is that if it fires, it wires. So what you're wanting is to have your client fire a new neural pathway. And any time you get them to stop in their tracks or, you know, say, oh, I never thought about it that way. Well, that's a key. I never thought about it that way says, oh, new potential neural pathway, new way of thinking, right? Right? They'll just tell you. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you when you're doing it. Yes, absolutely. Now, the the other thing that I uh, really, um, uh, what I really, in in, in my coaching, what was very valuable for me in regards to neural pathways is that I um, developed an appreciation for repeating the same homework assignment or for repeating similar exercises. Ah, and this really goes to myelination, so let me talk a little bit about that. So myelin is the fatty covering that coats the axon of a neuron. Now, all of that is kind of like, huh? I mean, and and what I first learned is sort of like, okay, who cares? Well, here's what it is. It's an electrical impulse, and so as any electrician knows, and we've been told, the um, the the more insulated a wire is, the quicker, the stronger the current, basically. And that may be an inaccurate way of saying it, but it's something like that. So what happens with a neural pathway is every time we use it, so Ursula is a tennis player, when she does her backhand in tennis, she is... Um, using a particular set of neural pa- of motor neurons, neural pathways, the motor neurons for movement in a certain direction, and every time she does the action, another very thin coating of myelin goes down. 
what makes athletes great, and it's why practice is so important. And so the more you have myelinated a neural, neural, and it's with an L, by the way. People, I see this all the time. Even among our students, I realize I have to make it clear. It's not neuro, like neuroscience. It's neural, A-L, neural, neural pathways. Um, every time a neural pa- pathway gets myelinated, the impulse gets stronger to go that direction. So it's the we use a lot of analogies like digging a deeper ditch for the water to run in, um, mm-hmm. and it's why doing something one time people people often give up too soon. You know they try mm-hmm. a new behavior and they just give up a little too soon. If you keep going at some point, you will get that to become a dominant pathway. And you know, and we have pathways that we you know ways that we learned potentially like to be safe or to get along in our family, you know, like mm-hmm. many of us learn to be the good girl, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a neural pathway, you know, yep. good girl neural pathway. So then we go out in the work world or in leadership and we're told to speak up and how come and, you know, don't be so nice and all of this. Well, you've got a neural pathway that's been used for 30 or 40 years. You can't just tell somebody to go change. They well, and I find that in coaching really important because uh, I, ha- I have clients who, de- who say, oh, my God, I've been down this road before. And, you know, haven't we talked about this before? And, you know, last year we talked about this before. And this was a subject we coached on before. And, and so, you know, you as a coach, when you have this knowledge, you ha- there is actually a, 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 a way that gives the client permission to just be there by saying, you know, it is a neural pathway. And in order to... Um, you know, strengthens them, it, you have to revisit it and reuse it and do it again and again. Yeah. And, you know, but people that have taken up a sport or started running, you know that place where the it, the desire to do it or the habit of doing it becomes stronger than the habit of not doing it. Or, um, you know, anything that we've had to rewire, smoking, Um, Ursula and I have been doing a lot of work with our diets, and it's a a rewiring. And the, you know, I have been working to eliminate sugar, just for example, and what I'm aware of is that when I start eating it again, well, sugar has other, you know, other stuff going on in the brain that makes it addictive, but it's like that pathway, I'm 49 years old, I've been eating sugar most of my life, and so that pathway is really strong. And so Mm -hmm. I have to make some focused, intentional effort to say, hold on, stop, I'm really working to develop a stronger neural pathway, which is to not eat it, Um, and so, you know, once again, let me put more energy in that direction, more energy toward, you know, (laughs) eating nuts or celery or whatever it is that I'm eating um, Mm -hmm. rather than sugar. I need to give an I need an alternate direction for this energy to flow. No, what I find interesting about that is, um, and, and I've just had this experience, you know, visiting uh, with our kids and, and you know, uh, going to a football game last night. Or you can imagine what there is available at the football game. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's the it's the worst of the worst of the food. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's, it's what I would call food in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, like it's all, it's all wheat. It's pizza, you know, hamburgers, hot dogs, and pretzels, and. So what what is what was interesting about that while while we were at the football game, you know, I had a pretzel and was you know was okay, but you know it, 
so there is this 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 little neural path neural pathway that I still have that likes you know pizza and junk food and all that, and I sort of had one, half of a pretzel, and then my other neural pathway that's much happier now with you know celery and salads and fresh tomatoes and and all that good stuff. It, it, it sort of it was almost like the, these two neural pathways were talking to each other. There was a deeply gruesome, healthy one that said. Now, do you really like eating this? <laughs> well, you know, what's the football game? Half of that, you know, that's okay. And after half of the pretzel, the other one was saying, really? And he was like, no, I really don't like it. So half is just, that is, will last me for the next 10 years. Well, and here is, again, back to consciousness, and then I think we might maybe want to wrap wrap up, um, is that what what. It, happens over time with conscious awareness of things, which is, again, one of the main things we're doing in coaching. I want to say more about that in a minute. But what's happening in Ursula's brain is an ability for the different aspects of her brain to talk to each other rather than being blind to each other. And one takes over completely, then the other one decides to make her feel guilty for doing that. It's like the hedonistic side says pretzels, and then the moralistic side says bad. Instead, she's she's in a conversation. And we see this happening as people have been in coaching for a while, um, that yeah. they become more, they, they just simply become more aware of their own internal process. And I think it's because one of the things that coaches just naturally do is is sort of point out the, the, the automatic decisions that we're making, point out our automaticity, bring it up to awareness. And again, whenever we hold something in awareness, we have to be in our prefrontal cortex. Yeah. We have to be yes, in our higher absolutely. brain in order to look at it. And again, you're making this connection between lower and higher. And the stronger the connection between lower and higher, I think of it as um, Ursula and I love this analogy of climbing buddies. Because we think that yep. the, 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 the work of being a conscious human being is like climbing Mount Everest and only a fool would do it by themselves. <laughs> yeah. So we, we we have this image of being roped in together on the mountain and and sometimes one of us will fall down a crevasse, which is like being in that limbic system lower place. Now, this is what we also do for our clients. We hold the rope so that they can mm-hmm. find a way out. Yes. But through working together and through this conscious awareness, what happens is we have we have stronger ropes of our own. So we're down the crevasse, we're in this place, but we can see I've got a way out. This is what's different about if you're just about not being conscious is you you get down in the crevasse and you don't see that there's a way out and there doesn't look like there's any rope. Yes. And when we have ropes out and can climb out, that's a sign of being at a higher level of, of consciousness and therefore a higher level of effectiveness. Yes. No, that's beautiful, and I, uh, you know, have always loved the uh, mountain climbing perspective. So, you know, just um, be just another add-on to to this. You know, the, obviously, the the higher we are on a mountain, the more we can see. I mean, the view expands the higher we climb mm. on on any mountain. Mm. You know, just mm. even you know where I am now. Uh, you know, Florida, where I live, is there isn't there aren't any mountains where mm. I am. You know, today it's 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 very mountainous, and and it's, it, the view just expands. And this is the same from uh, the same in consciousness. The higher we go, 
the bigger the view, the more the view expands, the more we can see. Mm, yeah, beautiful. We can see what's happening out there. We can see what's happening in here. And I think the more we can see, the more choices we then be, we have. Wow. So here's what I, that's beautiful. Beautiful, Ursula. You such have such a wise. I love when you speak. You just speak from such wisdom. Um, here's what I want to leave every leave everybody with today before we do our shameless promotion part, yep. um, which is if you're a coach, just notice what you autom- what you naturally do that helps people move from a reactive to a creative state. And know that whenever you do that, you are building positive neural pathways in their brain. And in the shameless promotion department, we want to say if you are curious about other ways to do this and to learn more about all of this marvelous complexity, we do run classes for experienced coaches. You need to have been through an ICF-approved coach training school. You don't have to be certified, but you need to be through at least classroom training. And um, we are starting in Minneapolis is our next series, and that's starting the 27th of September. Yes, September September 27th. Um, Just a fabulous, fabulous series. We have room in that one. We are in London. That one is looking awfully full. We're in London next week. If you are desperate to get into this, you can call us or email us, but that one is looking very full. Um, A couple of other things. We will be in Toronto and Washington, D.C. starting in 2014. You can go to our website, which is beaboveleadership.com, and look for neuroscience workshops. And then if you are – oh, I want to say one other thing Um, real quick. If you're not a coach – if you are just that's, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> oh, you were going to say that. Okay. If you're, yeah. let me, I'm just on a roll. If you're not a coach yep. but are just really fascinated by this and you are an experienced leader, you've had some leadership training already. This is not a beginning leadership program. We are doing something we're calling the Mastery of Effectiveness, which mm-hmm. is the neuroscience of leadership, and that's a residential retreat in Florida in lovely celebration, and that will be in January. Anything else you want to yes. say about that one, Ursula? Um, no, other than that, uh, you know, if you live in the northern uh, states, uh, there is nothing nicer and better than being in Florida <laughs> in January. Um, the other, well, there's maybe one other thing I want to say about the residential programs, be it our leadership program, we also um, do residential programs for our coaches, it, that a residential program is just such a deep, uh, connecting and deep learning experience and uh, the the kind of people that uh, take part in our programs, they're just fabulous. They're just curious and aware and engaged people. And so building community in a residential program is just enormous fun. So, um, you know, as Anne said, you know, on our website, all the programs are highlighted. And, uh, and if you have any questions at all, there is a a contact um, information uh, page there as well. You can email me or Anne and uh, ask any questions that you know come to mind, and we'll we'll answer them best we can. All right. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Check out our website. I also mentioned earlier I have a blog on coaching and brain, which is um, yourcoachingbrain.wordpress.com. That's great and. 
Thanks, my dear. It was fun. Well, thank and thank you. you to all our listeners, and um, we will talk to you next month. Okay. Bye, everybody. Okay. Bye, everybody.